And you went and sat on the subway, and the two little children just ran up and down the subway, just causing all types of problems. And then finally, the passengers have had enough, and they looked at the gentleman and said, Sir! 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 And he finally said, What? 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 He goes, Your children, they're disrupting the entire subway. He said, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. We just came from the hospital, and they just lost their mother. Does that change the context? And that's why it's so important to read what is said before, during, and after the passage to get the entire context of what is being said. And that's why we're going to start in Mark chapter 7. Because we're going to be talking about the second time Jesus fed the multitudes. He fed the 5,000, and now he's going to feed 4,000. And if you don't know what the context of this is, you're going to miss the meaning. You're going to miss the lesson that's there. So we're going to study what the context is before we get into that passage. But let me tell you what the, what the context is, okay? It's the legwork of Bible study. It, 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 it's four basic parts. The first one is, what is the meaning? What is the literal meaning? What is said before, during, and afterwards? I gave you the passage of just not lest you be judged. I told you what was said before, during, and after. Okay, and it changes the meaning versus that one section. You see, in the Bible, if we're not careful, we can change the Bible to anything we want it to say if we take it out of context. It's so important to remain central to what Jesus was saying. So literally, you read it. What is it saying? What does the passage say? Before, during, and after the passage. The second one is, what's the historical setting? What was happening at the time? Okay, so, let me, let me show you. Uh, go up here real quick. I don't know if I can't see too well here, but I'm going to turn around here. When the feeding of the 4,000 happened, it was on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Other side of the Jordan. So, most of our most of our uh, teachings of Jesus happens over here. This one, one of the few times, happens over here. Now why is that significant? Very simple. Jewish, Gentile. Jewish people, Gentile. Gentile are the everyone else. For the Jewish person, anyone who is not Jewish is Gentile. You're all Gentile. Right? And so, for Jesus to come over to this side and to preach was kind of a coup. How dare you go to those Gentiles because we just don't get along with them. Got that? He was also in a region that was called Decapolis. Deca meaning ten, uh, a, a, a series of ten cities. Alright? And what that was, it wasn't a country, but it was... The best way I can describe it is this. You had ten cities that had a mutual aid pact. And if you're on fire in EMS, you know what I'm talking about. Menden has a fire, they call mutual aid. The first city that comes and helps them is Rockland. The second city that helps Menden is Spencerville. The third city that helps Menden is um, Salina. <laughs> I had to get that straight. It's Salina. Then they call Ohio City. And so, I know. Let's just talk about the Stowe's uh, barn fire a year ago. 
You had Spenceville, you had Ohio City, you had uh, Salina, you had uh, uh, Chat that was there, you had Rockford that was there. And they were all there and that they were helping with that particular fire. Well, the Decalopolis is a series of Gentile cities that if there was anything that happened to them, these cities would come and help them. It was a mutual aid pact. Got it? Okay. <clears throat> we see it in this county all the time. When Rockford had their big fire, they had every department in the county almost there. Okay. So Jesus was in that area. That's the setting. Get it? Jesus is now on this side, pretty close to uh, GA Gadaria, pretty close to that area. Matter of fact, that's where Jesus cast the demons out of that man and went into the swine. Remember that? And they all ran into the ran into, into the water and died. Okay. And, and we know that because uh, pigs would be in the Jewish area, it would be in the Gentile Okay. So that's the historical uh, background from this uh, for the story that we're sharing. So we have the historical context, what's happening, then we go into what's called the and what that is, is you look at the scripture and you compare it to all of the scriptures that found in the Bible. It's just not one. Uh, this is probably the best example I can come up with. Okay? There's a big debate that's happening in the churches right now as it deals with homosexuality. You know that. You know that's happening. You know the Methodist church is really struggling with it and whatnot. You've got a number of people who come up and say, well, uh, Romans chapter 1 was written to the Romans. It doesn't apply to us today. Okay? And they're saying stuff like, well, it was, it was only a cultural issue. Really? Well, the synthesis of the whole thing is look at the Old Testament and the New Testament and look at everything. So you look at the Old Testament, it was condemned in the Old Testament. You look at the New Testament, it was condemned in the New Testament. Jesus never uh, attended a, a marriage such as that. By the way, it did happen back then. Jesus did not attend any, and any time in scripture that it's mentioned, it's mentioned in a, in a very 
apply to us today. Okay, so you understand all that that I just shared with you. That's context. That's why context is so important when you're looking at Bible, when you're looking at uh, Bible uh, 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 interpretation of the Bible. You know why I'm on Bible? I just want a nerf card up here for the men's thing. You're a Didn't make it. Okay, turn if you will to uh, Mark chapter 7. And I want to give the context of what we're talking about here in this uh, uh, specific uh, passage. And then we're going to see how it relates to us. Okay. Mark chapter 7, verse 31. So Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and Sidon. You say, where is that? Well, let me get back to the
did the crowd gather? Because he was healing people, and people heard about it, and people went to him to see the miracles, and maybe he'll be like my loved ones. Okay? He was in the area of Decalopolis. Got it? Get the context now? Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion. Anyone can say that word, I will give them a prize. But that's the Greek word for compassion. What that word means is gut feeling, gut compassion. Got that? Um, as a grandparent, I understand that gut compassion. There's nothing worse than for me to see my children disciplining my grandkids. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, don't, and you know you can't interfere. It's like, oh, don't do that. And then it starts crying. I remember when uh, Allison was, uh, I think he, she might have been four or five years old, and Polly was disciplining Allison. That's my daughter, Allison, by the way. And it was disciplining Allison at Grandpa's house. And I remember her dad goes, oh, I can't handle this. <laughs> you know, that's, the, that's the, the gut compassion that came out. Okay? And, and so he had, so I had this gut compassion. He looked at him and he felt sorry for him. I explained that to you last week when I was at the city council meeting and I saw that individual from the line of Christ stood up. It was, a, it, was a, it was a compassion that came over me. Not anger, it was compassion because I recognized that I don't have Jesus. Alright. Verse 2. And they had already been with me for three days. So he had been preaching for three days and they had nothing to eat. They ran out of food. If, if I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have already come from a long distance. Remember once again, the, the miracle of the 5,000 had already taken place. That miracle happened in the Jewish area. This happened in the Gentile area. And I look at this and I can see Jesus going, you know, we don't have anything to eat. Disciples, get it? Get it? You're not disciples. You get it? You understand what I'm saying here? Mongolian grill in Salina, and they 
the Mongolian grill in Salina, and you're still hungry, there's a problem. Or even Seatown. I mean, there's a problem. I mean, they got enough there. So they were satisfied. And there was so much left over that they had seven basketballs and broken pieces that were left over. How many was on the feeding of the 5,000? How many baskets? Twelve. How many here? Seven. So we know they're not the same. About 4,000 of them were present. Um, and Mark, it says, 4,000 men. So that means there was also women and children that were there. Context. And they went into the boat and decided they went to the region of Garthmore, Garthmulia, whatever. Okay. They went to Menzies. Okay. So they got in the boat and they went back up. Essentially, they got in the boat at, let's say, uh, Montezuma and they went up to St. Mary's. In this whole series, I like using Grand Lake as, as an illustration because that, I mean, it looks almost like the, the Sea of Galilee. So they got on the boat in Montezuma and they went up to St. Mary's. And they stayed there. Seeing what context is so important, there's so much more into the story, doesn't it? And as a result of that, let's ask this question. What is Jesus trying to teach us? Well, there are four things, uh, three things that I believe Jesus is trying to teach us. The feeding of the 5,000 shows three qualities of Jesus that, that we should be displaying. The first one is this, the compassion of Jesus. We should have the compassion of Jesus. Who is the everyone else in our lives? Who is the everyone else? Because the Jewish people did not associate with the Gentiles. And yet Jesus broke down the stereotypes and broke down the barriers and went to the other side and had compassion on them. Who are these everyone else's in our lives? Now, the most obvious one that we dealt with last week, or yesterday, in Salina. A whole group of individuals that don't know Jesus. Is there compassion there or anger? I hope there's compassion. I really do. But who are everyone else's in our lives? Who is that neighbor that might be down the street from you you just can't stand because they, they have the... Uh, big parties or whatever in, in Finley we first moved there and uh, our neighbor boy had one of those woofers, sub subwoofers, woofers in the car you know what I mean boom, 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 boom. you don't have it too much here but boy you go to the city there, there. it gives me an instant headache I don't need an AED or, uh, or a heart pumper I mean it's just boom it just, if, if I ever had a heart attack put one of those subwoofers on me boom well, my neighbor kid was that way. I mean, every every night, 10 o'clock, I'm in bed, boom, 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 he leaves. Then he turns around and comes back at 6 in the morning, boom, 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 boom. And I, it was, I became angry. Leave, I want to sleep. Who is my everyone else? Who is my everyone else?
You have compassion. When Jesus hung on the cross, what did he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He didn't hang on the cross with water, lightning, smite them. Chapter 2, verse 1. He says, uh, Vanity, there, 
is all Solomon here. Vanity of all life. The guy had everything. Uh, vanity of leaving an inheritance. Uh, uh, vanity of counsel and wisdom. Vanity of earthly existence. Uh, vanity of riches over family. Vanity of political popularity. Vanity of dreams and words. Vanity of abundance. Vanity of wealth. Vanity of desire. Vanity of laugh, foolish laughter. Vanity of injustice in life. Vanity of days of darkness. Vanity of childhood and youth. I mean, he, he, he looked at his whole life. And he, and he lived his whole life, even though at the beginning of it he was doing the right things, eventually he fell away from God by allowing false gods to come into his kingdom. And this is what he said. He got to the end of the book of Ecclesiastes, and this is what he said. And he stopped, he said, and I looked back, and I saw everything that I've ever acquired. Got that? And he says, now all has been heard, Here's the conclusion of the matter. So what's most important? Fear God and keep his commandments. That's the whole duty of man. He's saying you find your satisfaction in God. As Christians, we say, Jesus is the bread of life. And whoever comes after him will not hunger. And whoever believes in him will never thirst. And so I look at this passage and I ask myself this question. Who is my everyone else? Who has God placed in my life to be able to reach out to, to share the satisfaction that comes from Jesus Christ? Because we tried everything else. And now look at where we're at in a society. We are so angry at each other. It's all because we've taken Jesus Christ out. Study after study after study has proven that when you take religion out of a society, now this is a, a, a secular study, when you take religion out of society, society becomes angrier and bitter and more and more violent. And it's all because we've taken God out. Who is the everyone else? that God wants you to have compassion for, that causes you to minister to them, that gives you the opportunity to share the satisfaction that comes from Jesus Christ. And Father, we thank you.